Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Do you love that trash talk? Even the goat, even the goat. You can say I, it to the goat. I love it, though. I understand oh, we, oh. we look at Tom Brady as a goat, and he's this and he's that. I'm just like him. Man, I ain't got nothing to say to him. I'm going to see him on Sunday. Y'all can prop him up all y'all want. I got to go play against this dude. I'm trying you to don't beat have his head to in. play. Man, I'm trying exactly. to beat his head in. I don't just have, like I do everybody else, Keith. As I've always told you, I'm not fraternizing with the enemy right now. I don't have Fast. time for that. And we should mention we do have time for our poll question this morning. It's a fun one. Give us your outside-the-box Super Bowl MVP pick. This is in light of Dexter Jackson, who probably many people didn't think would be the MVP of Super Bowl 37, key Super Bowl championship team. We've already got one caller that weighed in with the Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew. Jay's gone with McCole Hardman. Key saying probably somebody from the Bucks D because they would get the ultimate credit for stopping Patrick Mahomes. So here's the deal, fellas. I know we're all working longer and harder and people aren't retiring at 65. People are working, working, working. If 65 was the retirement age, Andy Reid would be set to be done in about three years, but he just signed a six-year extension. So he's going to go all the way to at least, you would think, health providing, 68. 68 is also an interesting number because that's how old Bruce Arians is at this very moment. So Key, in a league that's looking for the next Sean McVay, the next Zach Taylor, the next Kevin Stefanski, Arthur Smith. These are all guys in their 30s. Matt LaFleur, another guy in their 30s. It stands to reason in a league that values youth at every position, we're getting younger and cheaper all the time, that the two Super Bowl coaches are both senior citizens. Well, they both are, you know, they're, they're older, but they're also wiser. Think about it. You go to Bruce Aarons all the way back to Temple when he was in Philadelphia coaching. Decades ago. Decades. I'm like, I didn't even realize until a couple years ago that he coached that temple. Like, it's like, geez. And then you fast forward and you talk about Andy Reid. You go all the way back to his days at Green Bay for me, all the way through Philadelphia and that long tenure, and now what he's able to do at Kansas City. Yeah, it's it's a handful of these guys that are in the league that's still coaching. In fact, Tom Moore, who's on the staff of the Buccaneers, I believe may be a little bit older. He's 82. Yeah. I saw a story on him the other day. He's wow. 82, and he won a Super Bowl in 1979. So think about this. He's waited another 40 years to try to get a Super Bowl. He was an assistant on the 79 Steelers. He's 82. Co- coaches, as you know, Jay, them dudes, man, that's all they want to do. I used to tell Parcells all the time, you know, because he was older coaching and stuff, and he wanted us to be in extra stuff. I used to tell Bill, just because you don't want to be home, don't mean we don't have something else to do, but that's their life. That, that's what they want to do, man. They want to coach and they want to give something that they have, which is a quality of teaching young men how to coach. And, I mean, how, better yet, how to coach and how to play. It's not a job, Key. It's a lifestyle. It's man. things that these guys would do. It's like, you know, as a player, people would say, well, you know, you like the player. I'm like, I, I would play basketball even if I wasn't getting paid. I still play basketball down at the random YMCA. If that's how I am, like a guy like Bill Parcells or Coach K or Andy Reid or Bruce Arians, this is what they do all the time. All the time. It, and by the way, I, I, I will say this. There is something special about a coach that's been around the block. When you get a chance to build that continuity, I think that is an operative word that a lot of these you know, owners or GMs, they want with either young coaches or older coaches. As long as you have that continuity with your quarterback and you have that trust between the players and the quarterback, if that continuity is there and that trust is there, I, I, I would love to have a coach around as long as possible. As long as they have the trust of a star player, that's what means the most. And, and what's so smart about some, some front office people, not all, but some, is when they hire young head coaches, they bring 
these veteran old wizards with all that gray temple hair on the side or full gray, depending on who they are, to help them along. I think mm-hmm. I think about Sean McVay. Sean McVay and Les Snead did a marvelous job at bringing Wade Phillips in for a couple years as an ex-head coach to teach a first-time head coach on different things, how to manage the clock, how to do certain things, how to, how to address the meeting room, just a little bit of different things that help along the way. And so I think when you go back and you look at some of the coordinators that are in Tampa, Byron Leftwich, along with, with Ty Bowles, who was a former head coach, but you got an a old grizzly veteran like Bruce Arians that could teach them, and now he can clip them and allow them to go fly on their own. Same thing with Andy Reid. When Andy Reid has a young Eric Bieniemy who's relatively young in the coaching circuit, 50. right? But he's young and he's old, a little older in age, but I'm talking about coaching, oh, responsibility-wise. Yeah. He's only been the offensive coordinator for three years, so that's still relatively young. But you can learn how to game plan, how to put the chart together from an Andy Reid. Then all of a sudden, you dress the meeting room, how to address the players in the offensive install, how to put a game plan together, how to do a 15-play script, whatever that may be. And then when you finally clip those wings and you let him fly off on his own, hey, now it's like, that's my guy. And Along Key, the way, I, there are certain guys like Matt Nagy that didn't take some of that information to Chicago. I just, I just want to give Andy Reid so much credit for coaching 22 years. For as much as the league's offense has changed, he's always adapted with the times. I mean, now, obviously, him and Eric B. have created the most dynamic offense I think the league has potentially ever seen. But to do that and to stay in those moments and to continue to be malleable, moldable, like, not a lot of coaches have that ability, Key. Like, this is the way I do it, and this is the way we're going to do it. That's it. Here, not a lot of coaches are willing to change along with the times. I would say two things there. I think I would double down on your comment. I actually think people are chasing Andy Reid. I don't even think mm. he stayed ahead of the times. I actually think he's setting the trends, and people are following that. I mean, just take a look at his coaching tree. Well, that's, that's that, to, to a degree, that's Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick, Andy Reid, they're, they're – changing as time they're not staying stuck as jay said yes yeah they're, they're gonna keep evaluating self-evaluating the offseason how could i be better four years from now how could i do things different four years from now some of the plays and some of the things that they do offensively in kansas city you haven't seen and a lot of it is andy Reid, but a lot of it is eric Bieniemy as well because they work hand-to-hand together they communicate they're doing certain things if you look at Coach David Cully from the Andy Reid tree, although he's been coaching in Baltimore the last couple of years, one of the things that he was able to do is go out and hire a former head coach and Lovey Smith to be his defensive coordinator. So now all of a sudden, I'm a first-time head coach. I go and get a guy who used to be a head coach who also understands defense. So now it looks, it feels different for the Houston, Texas organization and coaching staff. Two things real quick. This is a huge anniversary day for Lovey, a monumental day in his career, and we'll talk about that a little bit later this morning. And we're going to also get to the responses from the fellas and the ladies on our question this morning, an out-of-the-box Super Bowl MVP selection in the spirit of Dexter Jackson being the -the out-of-the-box unconventional choice before Super Bowl 37. Two picks got it. The last thing I would say on the youth and the old guy just tying him together, you just still need both. As Jay said, is it the coach? Is it the player? players at Brady's at Belichick it's both here's the reason why the youth and the age the elderly and the young meet because an old guy can bring a young guy in and say have a seat close the lights this is how you watch film right kid you've never watched film this is how we're going to watch film but you know what the young guy can say coach 
I know you're strapped. You have more hours in the day. You're always busy. This is called an iPad. And you just, everything is literally like this. You, this is called, you touch this button. It won't, don't, don't be afraid of it. Like a lot of elderly people, like, don't be afraid of it. Touch it. All of the plays then pop up and you can touch any play and pop it up immediately. There's no film projector in here because the old guys do it their way. So there's a really interesting tie between the old guys and what they can learn from the young guys. What can we learn from our listeners? The most out-of-the-box Super Bowl MVP pick. Guys, I'm just going to fire through these and just give me your thoughts. At Manny underscore Powers, of course, you can hit us up at Key J and Z where we have 1.4 million followers and we appreciate every one of you. Manny underscore Powers, Devin White. That's not re- I mean, it is and it isn't because he's one of the leaders on the defense. So if something were to happen to him in terms of getting an interception or two, causing a sack fumble, uh, scoring a touchdown on a pick six, I could see where he could potentially be the MVP. And Jay, Cedar underscore Lake underscore Jake. Fellas, why can't you just go Cedar Lake Jake? Cedar underscore Lake underscore Jake. He says McCall Hardman. Yeah, I mean, just, uh, look, all, all, all the options that they have. I mean, between the way Travis Kelsey plays, Tyreek, it's just they have so many weapons. It just feels like the game plan would be to stop those individuals, and it leaves room for a guy like McCole Hartman to really step up. No, it, it does. And, and McCole Hartman has to be able to get multiple touches, though. It can't be one of those four-touch games. And how about Jeremy Zarfos one? I, I like this one. Again, Scotty Miller. Again, if you've watched the Bucks, you wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. But for the average fan, like Scotty Miller. But know. Scotty Miller's got to go nuts, though, right? It can't yeah. be Bonkers. a three-catch, 60-yard touchdown game. He's got to have, like, Gronk out of the game. They're taking him out. He's got to have Evans taken out of the game. Uh, Godwin taken out of the game. Where they, they're only accumulating so much. Then all of a sudden, he explodes. Nine catches, a buck 40, and two touchdowns yeah. for him to be the MVP. One 60-yard bomb isn't going to get it done, no matter when he catches it. Let's do it real quick because I know we're up against it, but let's break the rules. They're telling me occasionally we should break the rules. Daniel in Austin, Texas, what do you got? Dude, man, I think Kelsey's just going to have a breakout game. I think they're uh, going to sleep on him, and you know he's, he's just going gonna, gonna to grab 150-plus and a couple touchdowns. That would basically be his weekly performance during the regular season. So that ain't really an out-of-the-box type player, though. Kelsey, I expect for him to do what Kelsey does. Keep it coming. Keep it coming at Key J and Z, 888-ESP and 888-729-3776. You're outside the box Super Bowl MVP. Clyde uh, Clyde Uh Edwards-Alaire. That's a good one. I know. He is an out-of-the-box guy. No question I mean, he got too many names, Jay. It's like (laughs) Clyde Edwards. I love hearing you try to do it, though. It takes a pause for a second. Yeah. (laughs) Let's do it. A reminder, Super Bowl talk continues all morning long on ESPN Radio. Today on Greeny, following us, Matt Ryan, Justin Jefferson, Christian McCaffrey, Chase Young. All of them join Greeny, which follows us on ESPN Radio. On the way, he's a coach that was never on the sideline for 20 years in New England with Tom, and he's never been on the sideline in his one year in Tampa. But he have, may have more insight on Tom than any other coach he knows. Who could this be and what is he saying on Super Bowl week? The goal was 45. The goal has now been stretched. Tom Brady at 45, 46, 47 years old is not going to be that same guy at 30. He's not showing me any slowing down. More from Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin next. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had, happened in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. 
Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. We're dressed for success this morning. Maybe, maybe not. Okay, A to Z. We'll start in, believe it or not, Canada, or is it Tampa, or is it Orlando? <laughs> anyway, the Raptors, Fred Van Vliet scored a franchise record 54 points. It's in Orlando in a 123-108 win over the Magic. Most points by an undrafted player in NBA history. He signed the biggest contract for an undrafted player in NBA history as well. Here's Van Vliet on a record-setting night. Man, it's, it's just a, a heck of a night, man. A special, special night. Uh, things going my way. Just kind of found that zone, and my teammates did a great job of finding me a spot and screening for me. And you know, it really wasn't like a super ISO type of get bucket type of game. It was just like catch and shoot and, and get to the rim and make make plays within the offense. So it was just kind of going my way. He uh, he did say bucket there, by the way, just in case anybody caught that. Jay, what do you have? <laughs> Zubin, from an undrafted player to a guy that signed a contract for $85 million, Kyle Lowry gave a great speech after the game was over. Just talking about, you know, for anybody out there who thinks they can't achieve their dream, uh, think twice. Just you got to put your mind to it. And this guy put in the work, and he deserves all the credit. It's incredible to watch. I would have never thought, watching him at Wichita State, that he would be in the position he's in right now. I thought he would have been a guy playing overseas, maybe making close to seven figures uh, per year, but not at this level. He's exceeded everybody's expectation. And GM Masai Ujiri, unbelievable job. Anybody could have had him. The Raptors got him, and obviously he was a key cog to their championship piece back when the Raptors had their championship season. Eric Bieniemy will look for another championship on Sunday, but bottom line is, even if he wins it and has another chip, he won't be an NFL head coach come 2021. All of the openings, as you know, have been filled, even though he has interviewed plenty of times. Just nobody wants to pull the trigger for whatever reason to hire him, but he's not as sullen about it all as you might think. I did not ask to be the poster boy of this particular situation that I have experienced. At the end of the day, the only thing that you want to do is be recognized for all the things that you have accomplished. And for whatever reason, that has not happened. And that's okay. Because the only thing I know what to do is to just go back to work and continue chopping wood. Because that's who Fern Handy Marie uh, Gibson raised. Okay? You didn't know who that was. That's my mother. She raised me to make sure that I stay focused. All right? And I just continue chopping wood. Pretty good. It's bigger than football. It's a family lesson. Yeah, I I mean – He'll get a job whether it's next year, the year after, 
whatever the case may be. And if not, he'll stay in Kansas City and be a hell of an offensive coordinator till that opportunity comes. I mean, it's for whatever reasons that he continues to get passed over, I have no idea, but that's a head coach to me. That is a football coach Mm -hmm. that could certainly motivate a team and get things turned around for a bad franchise because you're going to a bad franchise if you're hired as a head coach any damn way. You know, we look at the head coach of the Eagles and we talk about the ability to articulate and to be concise, right, with with how you talk to the media. Like, there's a prime example of how you talk to the media. Like, hey, I'm a firm believer that it didn't work out this year. I'm okay. I'm potentially going to win a Super Bowl. I'm going to continue to coach my team to the best case ability key, and we're going to move forward, and everything's good. Yeah, it's – it. look, Eric Bieniemy is is happy in the situation that he's in. He certainly would love to have a head coaching job, or else he wouldn't have interviewed the last two years. But he also realizes that there's people out there that get it wrong. That you you have to connect. You have to be able to connect with the organization, the owner, the general manager. And he hasn't been able to connect with that person, and that's okay because every job is not for everybody. And, and we talked about it offline about our business in, in, in sports broadcasting and all of those sort of things. You can go to some places. We do a fabulous job here at ESPN, been at ESPN, all three of us, for a very long time. There's some executives out there at other places that look at us and go, eh, I don't think so. Because they believe in whatever talent that they have. We don't think their talent is good, but they do, right? And, and so that's how it is. And our bosses think, that we're good because we connect with them. So it, you got to find the right fit for who you are. You can't just take a job, as I said before, when this whole thing was going on, before Dan Graziano told us that he may get shut out. You can't just take a job to take a job for the sake of taking a job. Mm. You can't do it. Yeah, I don't think you can overstate fit. We're going to get to a very interesting comment here from one of Tom Brady's quote-unquote un- unconventional coaches, which I think you're going to want to hear, so hang tight in one minute. But I just want to follow up on that real quick. When I covered Major League Baseball, which I covered for a long time, it is not at all odd. And this is how much fit is important. It's not just the connectivity, as you mentioned. It is not at all odd if you go into a Major League Baseball locker room to see Latin players um, grouped together by the country they grew up in so they can talk the same language. If one Latin country has an issue with another Latin country, those guys are at opposite ends of the clubhouse. I mean, they will think about doing things like that just to make sure the fit is right Every single day. It goes that granular. It's not just like, hey, can I get along with this person? Things like that happen from time to time as well because it's a melding of cultures, people, experiences, rich, poor, black, white, urban, suburban, rural. All of that stuff is a locker room. And so all of that stuff has to be taken into account. In baseball, it's really more fascinating than in any other sport because the sport is so international. It's the right fit, man. It has to connect in Eric Bieniemy's got to find that spot. It may not even be the NFL, right? He may be. It may be one of these major Power Five schools, you know. And, and all of a sudden, he says, "You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go and I'm gonna interview for that." No, you walk into a living room and say, "Hey, Patrick Mahomes, I was calling that guy's place." And then, That's me. Uh-huh. Yeah, and, 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 and so like, really? and then all of a sudden, that president or athletic director at the university goes, "You know what? That's the guy that we want." 
and then it's done, mm-hmm. and we're not having this conversation anymore. Indeed. Let's have this conversation about Tom House. Uh, I want to ask you to key to set this up. I kind of know who he is, but I have known him, Tom House, to be the throwing coach to the stars. Is that is that right? Young kids use him, NFL guys use him. How would you yeah, define he, him? He was a, a, a baseball coach, baseball pitching coach in Southern California. And uh, I don't know who the first quarterback uh, he tutored was, but it, it was this phenomenon of quarterback tutelage that came along. And it could have been like Carson Palmer may have been the first, and then it was like Tom Brady and Drew Brees uses him, and all the Matt Castle, all these quarterbacks that have had success in the National Football League, and then high school guys. So all of a sudden over the last 20 years, this thing has kind of taken off. Mm -hmm. And there's a guy by the name of Steve Clarkson Mm -hmm. in Southern California Mm -hmm. who kind of started – this quarterback coaching offseason sort of thing. And then he did it for a number of years. Another guy did it for a number of years. And then all of a sudden Tom House started getting into it, the correction of the delivery of the football. I guess guys were dropping their elbows and doing things. So all these pro guys start going there in the offseason and he's been coaching Tom in the offseason for quite some time. And here's House on Brady's assertion. Remember earlier in the week, I can go to at least 45, past 45. Here's House, his quote-unquote throwing coach on the Max Kellerman show on Brady extending that career further than we could have ever thought. There's no reason you can't do it age 45. What you did at age 25, if you follow a process that is conducive to prolonging your career. And I'm sure you've heard Tom Brady say he wants to play at least 45. I'll tell you what, his skills haven't diminished based on our testing and our research. He may play longer. I don't think it's a stretch at all. I mean, it, I mean, no, it's not. He, look, the game has changed from 15 years ago. You can't hit a quarterback a certain way. You can't, you know, when, when Tom Brady ACL, uh, when, he, when he tore his ACL, that was just a freak accident where a guy goes to the bottom of the – you can't do that. By the you way, that happened against the, the Chiefs, if I'm yes. not mistaken. Yes, you A little can't, irony, it happened against the you, Chiefs. You can't get to the bottom of the legs. You can't go around there. You can't hit him in the head. Tom Brady ain't going nowhere, right? He, so we ain't got to worry about him getting outside the pocket, Jay, and taking a wicked shot like Drew Bledsoe did that launched Tom Brady's career. That's not going to happen because – Tom is not running anywhere, and he's smart enough now to slide or stumble forward just in case. So as you start to look at where he is in his career, he is not slowing down. He does not look aged. He does not look weathered. He looks like a guy who could play for another three or four years. You don't see this coming anytime soon. I think Max Kellerman, who you just mentioned a minute ago, a couple years ago, he said that Tom Brady would fall off a cliff in his yeah. career. Well, Tom Brady's in the Super Bowl again. Sorry, Max, I had to do you like that. <laughs> and the whole city of Boston, by the way. Still angry with Max. Go ahead, Jay. What do you got? <laughs> I just I, – I don't know if I'm the only one in this camp, and I appreciate everything that Tom Brady has gone through to the extent to be at the position he's in right now. I just don't want to see him play into these twilight years. Like, And if he wants to do another year or two – Okay, as long as you have a great offensive line that can protect him. And I know he can. I know he can. Like, but the, I, I keep going back to this thing, Key, where it's, it takes one wrong hit for Tom. It takes one wrong hit. Well, it takes one wrong hit for everybody, though, Jay. I, but my man's getting close to – he's going to be close to 50 years old. 
Yeah, I mean, because I, your body feels the way it feels. I'm not talking about my body. I don't care about my my body is different than Tom Brady's body. I know to the extent he takes care of his body. I see what LeBron James and Tom Brady do as far as putting millions of dollars into their body per year. But as you get older, man, like that, things can change very quickly. And look, it's Tom's going to play as long as Tom wants to play. He's his own man. I get that. I just don't want to see this thing. Like if Tom Brady wins this thing, if he wins it against Patrick Mahomes, like, that is the ultimate, like, peak. That is peak performance. Like, and, and then he comes back and he loses it. I'm just like, man, I, I, I still want to see, I am part of this faction of people that want to see Tom Brady ride off into the sunset. I want to see it. If he can do it, I just think he has a storybook career. Everything has gone right in his career. And for him to win the seventh or even if it's a chance for the eighth to win. I just don't want to see Tom Brady trying to hold on to the game and be one of these people towards the end when he shouldn't be holding on to the game anymore. He, he's nowhere near the end, though, Jay. That's the problem. You he's don't not, know that, Key. You can't he, say that with year, conviction. It's year to year for him. This year he wins the Super Bowl, or he doesn't win the Super Bowl. But, Key, that's he, my point. If you're saying he's year to year, you can't say he's nowhere towards the end. You don't it, know that. It, it can he, happen like that. He's year to year. He's not showing any signs of slowing down to the point where you go, Okay, guys that are like this, you can tell when it's done. Jerome Bettis walked off into the sunset winning a check. The bus had flat tires at that point, man. He just did. And, 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 so it's time for him to move on. Uh, Peyton Manning was done. He was done. Balls, knuckleballing, coming out. He was done. It was not like my to man Tom on. Brady is moving around agile man, and sneaking in the pocket. Tom Brady's still dropping buckets on people. And he's man. dropping buckets with his arm. He's being surgical, but it's not like he's like but you he know, never, scattering for 10 but yards. Never, but he never could do that. That was never his strength. I, well, okay. We got a break. No, we got a no, break. He's in my ear. We got a break. I'm going to yell that. Last word. Well, because you went like, never mind. No, no. Last word, I would say the best way to avoid it, Jay. Here we go. Tongue planted firmly in cheek. You got <laughs> You got to go with the Peyton Manning self-sack. The end of the career, right? When Peyton saw it coming, he just went right down. Right down. He was like, stop, drop, and roll. Like, as soon as he saw the rush, I'm, I'm going down. And that's the way you have to do it at that age. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance with more than 30 unique coverage options available. Progressive knows small business. Learn more at ProgressiveCommercial.com. On the way in one minute, the Bucks are going to have to be at full strength to knock off Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. They got a couple major injury concerns that they are working through. What's the latest on that? And for Key, a resolution to the Bucks cannon going off story if Tampa scores <laughs> a touchdown in their home stadium. We finally have word on if it'll happen. Fire off the cannon. That's after <laughs> Sports Energy. Fred in the paint, catches the pass, scoops it up and in on a reverse, and Fred Van Vliet with a new franchise record, 54 <laughs> points in the game. Unbelievable. On 590, the fan. The 54 is the most points by an undrafted player in NBA history, besting that of the legendary Moses Malone. He also signed the richest deal for an undrafted player in NBA history, and he's a part of a Raptors championship team. Not bad, not bad for a guy that played at Wichita State. Not bad is a good way to describe, again, what the Nets are doing, man. I mean, people can say whatever they want about the Nets. They just keep on rolling and winning 124-120 last night over the Clippers. The Nets are averaging 100 and – listen to this. The Nets are averaging 127 points per game 
since James Harden joined the team. I want to give a shout-out last night to the Dark Horse team nobody's talking about. I watched last night on League Pass. Watch out for the Utah Jazz. I'm not Jay Williams. Okay, Zubin! Watch out for the Utah Jazz. Okay on League Pass. I see you, baby. (laughs) They look really good. And in this moment in black history, we were going to take you through every single weekday at this morning in our Sports Center updates uh, in all four hours for the duration of the month because it is Black History Month. In 1997, a reminder, Tiger Woods, of course, became the first black player to win the Masters. His 12-stroke margin of victory set a new Masters record. And if you remember what it was like with him walking up 18 with that thing signed, sealed, delivered, and in the bag, and that what that meant, the walk-up, just what it meant, not just for golf, but so many other things. And it was really the start of one of the most fascinating careers in sports history. Only reason why I watch it. Many people, Tiger. That's many it. people say that. Wouldn't turn it on my TV if he wasn't nowhere around. And that probably says more about what his legacy is going to be than anything. Zero interest, but if he's there, I'm there. Sports Center brought to you by Indeed. With Indeed, there's no waiting for real results. Indeed searches through the millions of resumes in their database to deliver great candidates to fit your job description instantly. Claim your $75 credit towards your first upgraded post at Indeed.com slash credit. Terms and conditions apply. Those are the words of Tom House's throwing coach, of course, TB12 himself, and Key and Jay. And we are all joined by Jenna Lane, ESPN Bucks reporter. She joins us on the Goodyear hotline, the very pressing issue on what's going on with the Cannons here in just a second. I don't want to bury the lead, Jenna, but I do want to ask you about the status of some of the Bucks and the injury concerns they have moving towards Sunday. How can you fill us in on that? Yeah, well, the Bucks. the last time we talked to Bruce Arians, they had only done a walkthrough. So it'll be very interesting to see what kind of update he has for us today specifically. But um, all players participated in the walkthrough, and that includes, that includes Antonio Brown with that knee injury. And that's important because he didn't even participate in the walkthrough the last time they did that last week. So Antonio Brown participated in the walkthrough. He's got that knee injury. Um, also, Antoine Winfield Jr. with that ankle injury. Um, that kept him out of the Green Bay Packers game. Levante David's probably the least concerned just based on on some of the things that Bruce Arians has said. He's got a hamstring injury, but he played the whole fourth quarter against the Packers with with no real issues. But you know how hamstring issues can be. Still, though, they they seem to be pretty confident there as far as that goes. Jordan Whitehead's going to be really, really interesting, though, because, you know, he left the game against the Packers. Remember, the Bucks were down to their two backup safeties. He left that game with a shoulder injury, and um, I talked to him right after that game, and he basically had the attitude of, come hell or high water, he's going to play in the Super Bowl, which I, 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 I don't blame him for that, but it's one of those things where Arians has said, you know, we're just going to have to see how this goes, and, and that could very well be a game-time decision. You hope it doesn't come down to the wire, but it may very well be one of those. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin is presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join us on the Goodyear uh, hotline. Jenna, let me ask you this, and, and I kind of – I guess it's it's weird to ask this question because Bruce Arians was there, hired, brought in by the Bucks a year ago, didn't go so well. Then Tom Brady comes and they go to the Super Bowl. But I got to ask you this: which one was the more important move for the Buccaneers, hiring Bruce or bringing in Tom? Oh, that's a good question, because to be honest, I don't think they would have gotten Tom if it wasn't for B.A. And and I go back to the moves, the fact that Jason Light 
who was on the hot seat and many many were calling for his job, he was able to get Bruce Arians. And then the dominoes that kind of fell into place after that, which included Tom Brady, which then included Rob Gronkowski and Antonio Brown and, and you know, Leonard Fournette. Brady had a hand in, in, in recruiting all of those guys. So I think it's really hard to choose uh, which guy because they both really – you know, not just from an X's and O's standpoint have they impacted this organization, but from a culture standpoint, Arians, Arians came in and said, you know, and this is a good group before Arians came in, but he just, he felt like they weren't truly playing for each other. And and he said that until they could do that, you know, they, they weren't going to get over this hump where they just were always in their way. Um, they just, they, they always found ways to kind of lose games. That was something Dirk Cutter, their previous head coach, had said. So, you know, it took them a while to do that. But then Tom, Tom Brady takes it a step further. And I look at penalties. You know, they were the most penalized team in the league last year. And through the first five games of the season, this year they were leading the league in penalties. Well, they get this, this brutal tongue lashing from Tom Brady on national TV when they lost to the Bears in week five. It one driver. They had like six penalties. It was outrageous. And ever since then, you know, in week six on, they've had the fewest penalties in the league. And considering how well the Patriots were when Brady was there at, at playing clean ball and, and not self-destructing and, and, you know, not getting in their own way, I, I think you could point to him for that. So it, it's really interesting. I guess it's really how, how you look at it. Um, but I don't think that, I don't think that Brady would have come in and, and been able to do the things he did without Arians and, and without, you know, not just Arians luring him here, but also Arians' willingness to sometimes step aside and, and step back and allow Brady to do some of the things that he does, which includes coaching, which includes having a strong person, a, uh, a strong say in personnel decisions. I put two words there, uh, two words together. We do it all the time, don't worry. Early. Oh, my goodness. It looks like my brain is it's going <laughs> – trying to go fast but it's like my mouth just can't keep up with it especially at this hour so um i knew you were going to ask me a question that was going to stump me leave it to the guy that was on the last super bowl team (laughs) for the buccaneers i knew he was going to come with something tough so um but yeah i think that's a great question um but I, i truly i don't think they could have done it without either of them and without without jason light and Jenna, we got to ask you here. The biggest story of Super Bowl week has officially been rectified. The Bucks and the Cannons on Sunday. Will they be fired? And what has been the team's reaction to this breaking news? No, they will not be fired, at least not in the traditional sense. And, and I'm told they're actually going to be playing a recording of the Cannons when they, when they take the field. You know, normally they fire the Cannons once when they get into the red zone and then when they score, they, they fire them multiple times. But the league felt that, yes, they, they do have a pirate ship already inside the stadium. It, it is a home stadium, but they, they felt like it would somehow give a, uh, a competitive advantage, and they want to make this a neutral site as much as possible. Um, they anticipate a lot of Tampa Bay Buccaneers fans will be in attendance. So they, they felt like it was in the best interest of, of – truly having a, a neutral site game, preserving the quote-unquote integrity of the game to not have the cannons fire. But I was told that if they win, 
they can they can go crazy with their cannons. So, but at that point, it's, I'm interested to see whether or not it would actually be the cannons, or whether it would be still the recording of the cannons. I know a lot of fans are very disappointed about this. Gotcha, gotcha. And I, I know you're I know you're only kind of half joking with that because it is such a great tradition for the Bucks. Jenner, it is. Yeah, but it terrifies me. It terrifies <laughs> me. Every it, it terrifies me after all these years. I have been. I have been in that stadium, not just for, for, for Bucks games, covering them, but, but in college, you know, they fired the cannons too because I was, I, I was a cheerleader at University of South Florida. And, and when they would ever, you know, in warm-ups, you just, you're never quite ready for it. It really kind of spooks you. So I've always kind of wondered, maybe is that is a competitive advantage? I know Josh Norman has said how much he just absolutely despises those things. So, um, but, but it's, it, it truly is one of the, the more unique traditions in the NFL, but at least they'll still have the pirate ship, right? No doubt. You never know what makes an impact. Jenna, thank you so much. Absolutely. Yeah, By the way, scare you, though. firing the cannons in the red zone, that's like hanging a division banner. Come on, you're in the red If, if you want to do it after a touchdown in the red zone? I mean, come on. All right, come on. I, I didn't notice when we did it. I know we did it a lot. Let's put it that way. Yes. Let's... And it was one of those deals where you just, you know, like, I just heard it five minutes ago. Why am I jumping? <laughs> On the way, we want to hear from you on the poll question. Give us your outside-the-box Super Bowl MVP pick. Who is it? Not so obvious. Hit us up. The quirkier, the better. 888-SAY-ESPN. Key J and Z on Twitter. That's after I have this on a 30 for 30 for all football fans that you'll probably love. It's Al Davis versus the NFL. Looking back on the long-running feud between the late, great Raiders owner Al Davis and the NFL commissioner, Pete Rozelle, two of the most influential and important figures in the history of pro football, no doubt. Beginning in the mid-1960s, Rozelle, the NFL's young, brash commissioner, Davis led the rival AFL, continued through the 80s when Davis waged a lawsuit against the league he did like to sue people to allow him to move the Raiders from Oakland to Los Angeles, the two Titans constantly, very publicly. Word odds. The latest 30 for 30, Al Davis versus the NFL premieres February 4th, 9 Eastern on ESPN. That's tomorrow. Immediately following its debut, check out the Jalen and the Jacoby After Show podcast, where the guys will be joined by the director of the documentary, Ken Rogers. Listen and subscribe to Jalen and Jacoby, the After Show, wherever you get your podcasts. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Chishon, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast.
you know, mm. a couple of years ago, it would have been mm. crazy to say, you know, my outside the box Super Bowl MVP pick would be maybe the greatest tight end in NFL history. I know it's your Chiefs fan. I know Kelsey's on the way. I got. It. I, know. I was talking about Gronk in this particular moment, but to be honest with you, now you know, coming out of retirement, the whole thing, he would be an out of the box choice to win, considering he had sort of an unconventional return to the NFL. Hey Zubin, yeah. think about this for one second. They're both the same age. They're both 31 years old. Think about that, yeah. Right? The wear and tear, that's insane to me. Indeed. And obviously, you think about the way that Kelsey is. How many years has Kelsey been in? Let me check it out. Are they the same? I know they. 31 years old. They're both 31 years old. I know, but I want. It feels like Gronk Gronk started earlier in his career in the league, right? It just feels like he's got about three, maybe four years head start on Kelsey, which. I mean, I don't know. I think Gronk may have come out of Arizona as a redshirt junior, maybe. He left early, so he probably got a little bit of a head start on um, on Kelsey. And, but he's beat up compared to Kelsey, right? Kelsey is in an offense that allows him, allows him to catch and run a little bit more, um, where Gronk was more of a – seam guy who catches a ball in the seam and immediately gets hit where what the enemy has been able to do with Kelsey is keep him on the move where it's not a lot of stop and start. I mean, I mean, he catches you, balls on the run. How do you think Gronk would have been in the system that the Chiefs have? He'd be, he wouldn't be banged up, that's for sure. I mean, but would he be Travis Kelsey? Probably. No. You think probably, so? You yeah. Think, yeah, okay. Yeah, because Gronk and Gronk's height when he was at the the, the, the the pinnacle of the tied in market, he was legit as they come. I mean, he was he was ridiculously legit. I mean, it didn't even make any sense. And he still he still makes a lot of contested catches. But like I said, a lot of his stuff now and even then was not what you see. Kelsey Kelsey's like a receiver has like receiver type skills where Gronk is a fade guy, slant guy in the red zone and middle of seam guy. Kelsey kind of runs a, a route tree. And we should just quickly mention here, Gronk grafted, uh, drafted excuse me, in 2010, and Kelsey in 2013, believe it so or not. Over the last later. few years, Kelsey's just come on like yeah, a madman. Yes. But, yeah, so three years of difference there. Uh, let's get to the fellas on the phone line. Just a reminder, um, someone called in earlier. Great note. Sorry you couldn't hang on with us. And answered our His question. His boss came or her boss came. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. So uh, we're asking out-of-the-box MVP choice in the Super Bowl. Somebody called and said, somebody from LSU, there are six Bayou Bengals in the game. LSU, a draft factory. On that note, Sean in Dayton, Ohio. You're on ESPN Radio. Who's the out-of-the-box MVP? I'm going with Devin White, linebacker for Tampa Bay Buccaneers. LSU guy. Mm, okay. How yeah. about Travis in Atlanta? What do you think? Love the show. Love the show, man. You guys are leaving out Ronald Jones, man. Whenever uh, he gets put in a game, he always has a spark of something, and who knows, man, maybe he'll blow something up this game. Yeah, Ronald Jones would be interesting. I just don't think he gets enough touches, though. It's all about the touches, you know, and, and one big play is not going to get you the Super Bowl MVP. Like, you need – like, for, he needs a buck 30 on 18 carries and a touchdown – in in a meaningful situation, you know, I think that is kind of what you have to do to get the MVP outside of a quarterback. How about Wiley, like Ralph Wiley? 
Wiley in Tampa, you're on ESPN Radio. What you got? Yeah, I'd say uh, Scotty Miller. Um, I would say that would be a little uh, secret weapon that a lot of people overlook. You know, he goes across the field. Gronk is covered. A.B., if he plays, is covered. Scotty Miller got hands. He'll take it to the end zone for TB. Scotty Miller's an interesting choice, Jay. But, again, he's not going to touch the ball enough. Like Julian Edelman, Julian Edelman won the Super Bowl, but Julian Edelman had 10 catches for a buck 40-something. So when you look at that, you like, well, Julian Edelman was the key piece to what they did in the passing game mm-hmm. outside of Gronkowski in New England. Scotty Miller's not the key piece in the passing game for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So it's and a little he, bit different. Even if Tom Brady you know, dropped you know, 40, 50-yard bombs to him, at the end of the day, that's going to be Tom Brady with two, two – Two touchdowns, and, I'm, and there's no way you're going to give it to exactly. Scott Miller or Tom Brady. You know what I mean? They're going to say, oh, what a great throw by <laughs> Terrific Tom. Look at the spiral. He still has it. So He has the deep ball. So Edelman had 10 catches for 141 yards in Super Bowl 53. Uh, that might have been every every reception in Super Bowl 50. There was not a lot going on in Super Bowl 53. And they came from behind, right? That's right. Yeah, so it was like a magical moment. On the way, the Bucks and the underdog. So why are they facing so much more pressure in this game? The fellas weigh in next. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.